Um, it's great to be here this morning. Um, it's a privilege to be able to come and share the word. Um, any, any rugby fans in the house? No. That's a very definite no. They're all crying. We have a special prayer ministry after church. Some counselling. Any Liverpool fans? I see one jersey down there, yeah. It's going to be a good day. Keep it going. Yes. Any United fans? I thought we were better than this. This morning I'm going to be speaking about unity. Um, for any of you who know my story or, or some, of, some of my background or have heard me sharing before, um, identity is a big thing for me. This idea that God has, has designed us to be a certain way, that, um, that there are certain things about our nature and about our characteristics that God has explicitly designed and he has these things laid out for us and that when we don't operate in those things, we're missing out on something, right? And potentially we're also living in areas that we shouldn't be living in. Um, so spiritual authority is a big one, right? So this is something that God has, has ordained for us, that he has laid out for us, that he gives us examples of and patterns of in the Bible. Um, being a son, being a daughter of the king, this is a core identity thing, right? Um, so if you've heard me sharing about some of that stuff before, if anyone was in the freedom groups or the freedom event at the start of the year, you would have heard some of this. Um, but unity, I think, is, is another, another piece of this. It's another piece of um, our corporate identity that, that God has designed for us and God has set out. Um, and so I'm going to focus a little bit on that today and let's see where it goes. Um, I'm going to read initially from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse, starting at verse 12, um, and maybe going through to verse 31, we'll see. Uh, so, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And then I'm going to skip down to um, verse 25, verse 24. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be, may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So God has designed us to uh, work together in, in the same way that all of your body parts work together, right? That's a fairly like intricate network, right? That's a kind of um, pretty complex design that you know you could take some of the greatest engineers in the world, and and you know you see um, people designing like artificial limbs or artificial eyes. 
Um, and, but you can never get it to the same level as of like integration with the body because it's not part of the body, right? It's not an original piece. It wasn't designed to work in the exact same way as the, tr the original piece was. So we're designed to be uh, to be at one with each other in in a way that you can't achieve by ourselves, right? We we couldn't have like just decided to come together and and form this group and. Uh, and call us one, right? That's something that God has designed. Um, take take any any football team or any any rugby team or any gym or or you know social club, and think of think of like the the sense of of friendship, of camaraderie, of uh, you know belonging. Take that and think. Well, if that's what that feels like, if that's what a like a, a man-made you know, human-created group can feel like, then how much more can can the church feel, right? How much more can something that God designed feel like belonging, feel like home, feel like feel like you know you're a, you're a piece of a of a, an incredible puzzle? Um, because it should feel like more, right? It should feel being being in church and not just in a building that we call church, but being part of the church, part of the group of people who call themselves followers of Christ, that should feel so much more than just their, their friends that you go and play football with or the people that you hang out with in the gym. We're designed to be in unity with, with one another. Um, and there's this, there's this prayer in, in John 17 that Jesus prays. He's praying for us, praying for his disciples are then praying for all believers that come after them. And listen to what it says in verse 20. Where is verse 20? I do not ask these only, but I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So Jesus is saying. Jesus is, is praying that we would be at one with each other to the same extent that he is at one with the Father. Like, he, Jesus and the Father are one, right? That's, like, one of the foundations of, of Christianity and of, like, biblical theology, that, that, that Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit are one. And that's the same level that, that he's asking for, for us to be in. That's kind of crazy, right? And that seems... That seems kind of impossible. Have you ever tried to get along with someone who just just like grinds your gears, like who just rubs you up the wrong way, and you're like, kind of, yeah. If you're all thinking of someone, I know. Um, it can be hard to even tolerate people. Like, how can we how can we be at one with them? How can be how can we really be in unity with them? I uh, in in. In my work, I started out as a programmer, so uh, you know I was essentially programming is writing down instructions for a computer and having the computer follow the instructions. That's that's that kind of the basic idea, and uh, it kind of fit well with, with how I think. It's quite logical, you know. It's very clear defined behavior, and the computer does it. And if it doesn't do it, then there's a problem. You try figure it out. Um, so I, I, for a long time, I kind of preferred computers to people, honestly, uh, like because you can kind of tell what a computer is going to do. People are just, you know, no offense, but people are annoying. 
people are hard to be with. Like people it can be can be difficult. There's personalities. There's there's preconceived ideas. There's all of this stuff that just uh, you know that I was like, well, you shouldn't have to deal with that stuff. Um, and so I always had this kind of leniency then just to trust like what computers were doing. So for instance, uh, you, anyone have have uh, maps on their phone, like Google Maps or Apple Maps or something, use it for directions, right? I would always, always, always trust whatever the map says over whatever someone else who was in the car would say, <laughs> like for instance, Becky, my wife. And uh, so we were in, we lived in, in the States for a few years and Chicago was about three hours drive away from us. Um, and so we w went down for a long weekend, you know, drove the three hours into Chicago, and uh, had the maps on going to our hotel. It was grand. It was mental. Like there's some lanes there that are like seven or eight lanes in one direction, and like you're scrambling trying to get across. It's just it's really stressful, right? So that didn't help, right? But I had the maps and it was still going fine. I was following it, and uh, all of a sudden it brings us into this underground part of the city that the maps didn't know about apparently, and uh, <laughs> you can maybe see where this is going. So. The map still thought we were above, right? We were on top. And so maps is saying turn right, but there's just a solid brick wall to the right. I'm like, I can't turn right. And, and then Becky's like, yeah, there was a sign back there that said you should have gone left. I'm like, thanks for telling me. Uh, but the maps were saying go straight, so I went straight, right? And uh, there's like, even it, with the best intentions and in, the, in your closest relationships, it can be difficult to really be in unity, right? That, that little event went on for like half an hour and we ended up in the worst part of Chicago that I, we probably could have ended up in. Added about another hour to the journey as we tried to circle back around and eventually just stopped listening to the maps and started listening to the maps. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But there was things that I wasn't seeing because I was focused on... on uh, on what this little so-called smart device was telling me. Um, but even in the best of relationships, you know, there's, there's stuff that causes you not to be in unity, there's not to be in agreement, that causes friction. And so how, if, if that's what it's like with the people that we're closest with, with our family, you know, with close friends, with your spouse, how, how can we be in unity with someone who you don't know, essentially? Like... Um, there's this book um, by a guy called Francis Chan. It's called Letters to the Church. He uses this analogy in there. It's like um, sometimes, you know, the, the level of relationship that we have with one another is basically on the same level as um, as people who you're sitting in a cinema with, like watching a movie. So, like, how how can we have unity with people who who we really don't know? And that's really challenging because. God designed this for us, right? God, that, that thing about the body, like we're designed to be, to be at this, in this different level. And yet, we, we get stuck at the, you know, at the kind of, the, at the doorway into this, you know. Um, so it's hard, right? This is, this is really easy to talk about, right? It's really easy to say, yeah, we need to be in unity with one another. But in practice, that's not easy. It's not easy. There's simple things we can do, right? There's simple things that I'll get to. Um, but then, after you kind of check those off, 
anyway, and you might continuously check those off. There's there's another level, and there's more levels where it just gets more and more difficult. Um, before I get into that, I guess the question is why? Like, wh why bother? Like, wh you know, um, everyone can be friendly, right? We can we can get on with each other and smile and have a cup of tea and you know get along with life, but like. And so, so if that's if we're grand, right? The good old Irish, yeah, we're grand. You know, we'll get by. We'll keep going. What, like, if that's where we are, then what? Like, why bother going any further? Why bother going any deeper? Um, and for me, like the first thing, and really, you know, what for me is the only thing is, well, God designed this us for this. Like, at some point, that that should be enough to say, like, well. If th if this is what God set out for us, then maybe there's something in here that we should be that we should be looking for. Um, but I was listening uh, I was listening to the Bible app in the car a few weeks ago, and um, it was in Genesis 11 uh, verses one through nine, um, and something in it caught me, and it's like. This is what started me thinking about the whole the whole unity thing, and I've been reading a bit of that that Francis Chan book, and there was little pieces in there as well. But this is what really sparked it in me. Um, anyone familiar with the story of the Tower of Babel? Yeah. So basically, the the people of God are are rebelling against Him, right? They're trying to make a name for themselves. They're setting out to to build this tower that reaches to the heavens, so that they can basically basically just be known as you know, for themselves and, and separate from the things of God. And, and listen to what it says. So it says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible to them. That's mad. <laughs> so there's the, at, that, at this point in in the world, there was only one language, right? So the people were united in the sense that, you know, they shared, there was a lot in common, right? They had the same language. They were all seeking to do the same thing. Now, in this case, it wasn't a good thing, but they were seeking to do the same thing. The Lord came down and said, like, gosh, these, like, these guys are united in a way that there's actually nothing that they c couldn't do. Like, and so, and so God, uh, basically changes all their languages, right? He gives them all these different languages, confuses them, and then they all get sent out to go their own ways. Um, and so unity is something that, you know, can be can be used for one way or another, right? You, you can be in unity towards uh, the things of God or you can be in unity against, right? And this is what was happening here is that they were in unity against. Philippians 4.12 says that all things are possible in Christ. So if there's this 
there's this ability to, or if there's this um, key to to being able to 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 do all things, right? To be able to uh, to to achieve whatever we set out to achieve. And the Bible is saying that when we're united, we can do this. And then when we're in Christ, united, we can do this. To me, that's lighting up something. That's saying there's a key here that for something for us to unlock, right? There's something, there's something more here that we can that we can unlock and step into. So what what is that, and how do we how do we even get there? Um, one Corinthians verse one, chapter one, verse ten. A paper that I had in here to hold my page fell out. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no division amongst you, but you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Colossians 3, then thir- 13 and 14, which is another one that the piece of paper fell out, um, talks about forgiving, right? It talks about. Uh, about not holding things against people. So like these are simple things that you've probably heard a million times, right? But you know, about not being in disagreement, forgiving one another, um, not being divided. You know, the, 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 again, easy things to say, harder things to put into practice, but also there are things that get discussed a lot, right? You know, um, if you've been in church for more than a couple of weeks, you've probably um, heard that you need to forgive people, right? That That forgiveness is... Is is a po- unforgiveness is a poison, um, so I'm not going to focus on that too much. But um, this is these this is these are things that the Bible lays out as as a part of this, right? That we need to be doing these things in order to advance in the area of unity. And what I do want to focus on is um, this idea that that and you know we talked about people and people being uh, there being friction and and you know relationships being. Uh, being difficult and like is there anyone here who hasn't had uh, friction in their lives who who hasn't had any of those issues right hands up here to anyone who's married yeah so of, of you put up your hand if you've never experienced anything man you should be putting up your hands here like get some get some brownie points right so like we've all we all know this right so the thing is, unity can't be achieved just by uh, our own strength. Our unity, true unity, can only be achieved by the power of God. Because if it's not, then we're reducing it to being dependent on people's behaviors. Like if if unity is not something that that God is in, then when people people step out or people you know annoy us or people people rub us up the wrong way, then that breaks it, and that can't be the case because. This is the way that we are designed to be. So there's something more than just this being something that we can achieve. Um, because if it's something that we can achieve, then that means that we can also break it. Um, and that's not that's not how God works. In Acts 2, we see a picture of the of the the New Testament church, um, and at the start of of this chapter, there's 
uh, there's Pentecost, right? There's the the Holy Spirit coming on the apostles, and and uh, the, you know the tongues of fire coming down, and they all start speaking in different languages, and then they go out, um, and they all think they're drunk, and then Peter starts starts preaching basically, um, and at the end of it, so he goes on for a while, but at the end of it, the Bible says that there is three thousand people saved that day. Um, well, if you look at the the whole story, what was happening? They were all gathered together of the same mind for the same purpose, seeking after God. And if you go back to Genesis when uh, they all had one language and then God split them up and drove them out with different languages and kind of broke that unity, come up to the Holy Spirit coming on people, the Holy Spirit um, fire coming down on people. What happens? They go from speaking one language to speaking many languages, but going out still in the power of God, in the purposes of God, and then what happens you know, after that is people get saved, that, that people start to, to turn to Jesus. There's a picture of, of, of God turning things around here, that where in the natural different languages and not being of, of the same tongue can cause division. In the spirit, when you, when you speak in tongues and when the, the power of the spirit is on you, what happens? You're still operating in the spirit. You're still operating in unity. And, and for his purposes, he moves. And for his glory... You know, their their city was changed. You know, their their culture is beginning to be changed, and you see that through Acts um, two at the end of the chapter. Then is a picture of the church, um, you know, giving, uh, serving one another, loving one another, sacrificing for one another. Listen to this in Ephesians four, eleven. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of, mi- of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So God is laying out some gifts here, right? He's laying out, this is... Um, if if you've heard Noel speaking at all, you probably hear this that you know the, this idea of the fivefold ministry, that there's these these five uh, gifts, if you like, that when working together, uh, according to the Bible, brings about an, an equipping of of the church, ultimately bringing towards unity in the faith, right? Um, and that's where I want us to land today is um, that there's. There's something that the Lord can release to to ignite this stuff, right? There's something that the Lord can equip us with as his followers to to propel us down this path towards what, what he calls unity and what he defines as unity. The last point before we uh, move into some activation is um, in John 12... almost as a prerequisite to any of this. Um, how, do we, how do we pursue unity? Step one, walk in the light. Listen to this. The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. The light is Jesus, right? We need to be walking with him before we can walk anywhere anywhere close to being with anyone else. How can we walk in unity if 
if we're not walking with him. And like I said, we can do it in the, in the worldly sense, right? We can do it in the Genesis 1 version. We can, we can do stuff that you know, we think is great and, and uh, you know, establish things and, and make a name for ourselves and um, try, you know, make something that looks like unity. Or we can do it in the, uh, in the Ephesians 4 way. We can, we can operate in the spirit. We can follow Christ. We can um, you know, be empowered by his Holy Spirit. We can receive his gifts and operate amongst one another in those gifts for his glory and then pursue that kind of unity. That's, that's the type of thing that changes our city. That's, the, you know, that's what lay, is laid out in Acts, that 3,000 people uh, came to God when people were, were operating in this stuff. Um, it doesn't take many 3,000s for a city of you know, one point whatever million to be changed. Actually, it's probably a few 3,000s, but like, you get the idea. <laughs> uh, so what I want us to do is let's, let's see what the Lord wants to release in this, right? I, I think that the Bible kind of lays out pretty well what, what we can achieve when, when we're in unity with one another. Um, it says we can do anything. We can achieve anything, right? So what is anything? Put in, put in whatever you want in that anything box. And we all have needs. We all have, have things that we're praying for, seeking God for. We all have um, areas that we're hurting. We all have um, hopes and dreams and aspirations. Um, we all live in a, in a broken city, in a broken world. You know, how many, uh, how many times even this week do you hear um, stuff, negative things about our city and about our nation on the news? Um, and the Bible says that if we're in unity with one another, we can achieve anything. Uh, we have the opportunity to change our, our nation. We have the opportunity to change our city. Let's take hold of that. Let's take hold of, of whatever the Lord has for us that can, that can bind us together and, uh, and send us out into making that, that, that impact that he has called us to. Um, so if uh, Simon and Alana and Laurie can come back up. Um, I want to spend some time just just worshiping. I talked about you know being of of the same mind, being of the same same accord. That's what the Bible says. Um, I think worship is a great is a great example of that of of setting down our own stuff as a collective, focusing on Him, uh, seeking after what He has, and 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 then just going with going with his spirit, going with his direction. Um, also what I'd like to do is, as we're, as we're worshiping, give, give people an opportunity to, for two things. One, three things. Uh, one is, if you don't know Jesus, that you get the opportunity to know him, because that's step one. If, you, if you've never taken the step with him uh, at all, I want to give opportunity for that today, so you can take the first step into uh, what he has, the, the plans and purposes for your life. The second thing is, um, if we're in a place where where we haven't been partnering with with godly and biblical unity, I want to give us an opportunity to repent of that. And you know, I'm I'm in that all day long. Like you know, there's there's a, this there's unity and then there's disunity, right? There's this uh, anti-unity. There's like you can be against it or you can be for it, right? And if you've been against it, 
You know, if you've been a, a, a part of of society that has caused friction in any in any sense, like in a relationship, in uh, in in the church, in in your workplace, uh, you know, I want to give us opportunity to repent for that. Uh, even today, I've probably been part of of uh, going against unity. So, uh, you know, I'll be taking taking part in this as well. And then the third one is, um, I want us to to be bold and believe God for these five gifts for the the prophetic teacher, pastor, whatever the other ones are now. I don't remember. Uh, evangelist. You, you guys are all way ahead of me here. So I want us to I want us to to take a stand and just say like. Lord, will you equip us? Will you equip us into these things so that we can go after what your word says?